he kept saying to Pope Julius, why are you making me paint the ceiling, the Sistine Chapel? I'm a sculptor, I'm not a painter. Why are you making me do something that I'm not good at, if you will? And I believe by spending all that time painting so many figures, over 300 figures, not one in the same position, when you look at his sculptures after the Sistine Chapel, he now invents manner, I mean, abstract art. He invents, um, um, what do you call it? impressionism, leaving things unfinished. What are your thoughts about the sculptures that he does after the Sistine Chapel versus before? Again, am I on to something here? And I really want to hear more about your ideas about Michelangelo getting away with leaving figures unfinished. Well, I think that's a nice idea because, you know, art, art making is kind of like a, working a muscle. You know, if you work the muscle really well, it, it becomes extraordinarily flexible. And the fact that he makes 300 figures for the Sistine gives him the muscle power to invent all kinds of figures, whether he's going to paint them or sculpt them afterwards. So I think in a way it did exactly liberate his vocabulary of the body so hmm. that he could really create fantastic figures. As to the unfinished part, um, <laughs> he did a lot of things in his life. He was asked mm -hmm. to do a lot of things, and he didn't get around to finishing everything. But then at some point, I think he actually realized that there was a power, a, a real power to the fact that you don't have to polish and, and make everything look finicky. So there's a, sort of a power to the idea of a, of, a, of a figure emerging from the block of marble. <laughs> My son-in-law, also so excited, knowing that I'd be talking to you today, and I'm talking to the great Professor William E. Wallace, our country's really greatest Michelangelo scholar. Um, my son-in-law wanted me to ask you, after eight books and all the work you've done over your beautiful career, do you feel like you know the artist Michelangelo? Well, I feel I feel I was born on Giorgio Vasari's birthday, so I feel a little bit like Giorgio Vasari. I admire <laughs> artist. <laughs> I admire him very much, and I write about him, but the artist probably didn't like Mike, Giorgio Vasari very much. I'm not sure he would like me very much. So. <laughs> no, I don't know him. You know, he's, he lived 500 years ago. I want to live in my life. I want to yes. live my life now. <laughs> what I most appreciate about your book is you really are an academic detective, ciphering through all these letters and being able to put his life together accurately. No, he, people say he did this, but actually there's a letter that says he thought this. And that's what's just so engaging about this book that you wrote uh, for me. I wanted to, I've always wanted to ask someone like you this question. The David, one of his greatest accomplishments, the sculpture of the David. To me, it's one of the only times in art history where we see the artist have the confidence to sculpt David before he kills the giant Goliath. Donatello's holding David's, uh, uh, Goliath's head. Uh, Rembrandt is holding uh, Goliath's head. That's how we know it's David. Here we have someone sculpting David with the fear and the energy of, I better do this or I'll be in trouble, we'll all die. But to be able to have the confidence to paint those mixed emotions before he kills Goliath. Again, am I overreading this? Not at all. I think it's precisely the, 
the energy that we get from it. And it's why all of a sudden we as a viewer are implicated. We're not just seeing something that's happened. It's about to happen. And therefore, we're part of the energy. We're part of the excitement. We're part of the uh, witnessing of this clash that's about to happen between Goliath and David. So it's mm. part of the excitement, the electricity we're talking about of Michelangelo's works. I want to get into the fact that his nose was broken as a child. So Steve Paulette, let's play for, for, for Professor Wallace um, number six from Wayne Gretzky. I think the biggest problem that Wayne encountered was the fact that you take, if you have a boy in a team, and Wayne's on that team, who's got the puck all the time? Pretty soon, you, as a parent, are going to resent him. It never bothered Wayne at first, but it bothered me badly. And the next one, number seven. What's sad about it is, out of 30 parents, 26 or 27 of them were tremendous. And it's always the one or two or three bad apples in a, in a bushel cart that ruin it for everyone. And that pressure wasn't something that a normal 11, 12, 13-year-old needed to go through. I tried to tell Wayne that it would always be like that, that the better you get, the worse it's going to get. Because everybody cares about their own. And so you're, you're going to be turned on. And this did happen. So one of the reasons we moved him to Toronto. Jealousy when you're that great. In Michelangelo's life, two times that stand out to me. One when he's a kid like Wayne Gretzky and has his nose broken. And later, what you taught me this time with your book about building St. Peter's, dealing with jealousy of the contractors who'd been working on this project before he, Michelangelo was assigned the project, who kind of gave him pushback because who does he think he is? Teach us a little bit about jealousy in the life of Michelangelo. No, it's a, a very nice question. Uh, you know, I, and I haven't probably thought enough about it, but it is quite a remarkable thing that he was able to overcome that. And it, it was nonstop. I mean, yes, he was admired all through his life. He was called Neil Divine, and people just knew that he was the best. But just like Wayne Gretzky, if you're the best, there are a lot of people who are very, very jealous of the best. And Michelangelo definitely faced that. And he definitely faced it at something like St. Peter's, where he was asked to take it over when he's 71 years old. And he's never really built a building anywhere near that complex. And mm -hmm. there's plenty of people around who have much more experience than he does. So, of course, he runs into incredible jealousy. 